tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Monday edition, the day after Christmas, here on Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Can you believe it? This is the last week of the month of 2022. And next week, 2023, whole new year. And during this week, I want to spend just a little bit of time with you, if I can, thinking about what we've talked about since the beginning of this radio program, some of the things that are on my heart and mind today, and and just review some stories that we've talked about, some of the things that this year and the year before and back in 2020 we were accused of telling you misinformation. We were accused of giving you false news, fake news, dangerous information, deadly information, and a bunch of conspiracy theory stuff. And the one thing, as I look over the past two years, when I look at what happened in 2020, as we reviewed it at the end of that time, two years ago. Last year, at the end of 2021, and and now here at the end of 2022, so many of the same stories that we talked about then have just become more accepted as fact today, but they still hang on to certain aspects of fear and control. Now, when people have been psychologically damaged in a psychological operation, For many, it takes years to finally admit that they were believing a lie. And some never will. Some will just have to believe it because it just shatters their faith in everything they've ever believed in when they are faced with the truth. And so we'll be talking about that today. Also on the program, I want to talk about some of the things going on personally in my life and some of the hopes and aspirations that I have for the future. It's still not easy to do the radio program, though. I know slowly it's getting better. Um, With the amount of blood loss that I had in recent weeks because of the internal bleeding from the bladder, it really weakened me. I mean, it really has decimated me. And I'm, it, it is thankfully stopped. The one thing that would take care of it, which is something I just can't afford to do and do not want to do and, and find it too risky to do at the moment, is the idea of any kind of a blood you know, infusion. That's one of the things they say will help when you've lowered your blood uh, you know, count down like mine. It takes, and I've been reading carefully what it takes, when you've lost like I did, You can get the volume of liquid back, but the volume of red blood cells and iron and all that, well, it is, it's it's down. And and every symptom that goes with it, from insomnia to being uncomfortable to being anemic to you name it, I've had it. There's sometimes I sit down here before this microphone and I'm going, Lord, will I make it through the first 10 minutes, let alone an hour? And then will I have enough mind left to to write anything about this for the podcast? Will I be able to finish getting it distributed? And even today, I'm running about an hour or so late 
We went to bed at a decent time, but I couldn't go to sleep, insomnia. And then I'm up and down several times during the night. And then when I'm finally up, I feel like I need to go back to bed. And all of this is somewhat normal. And when they finally can deal with my second surgery in a matter of weeks, and I'm trying to figure out how to, I, I have a, I'm so limited in strength, I need to get a few days ahead to allow for the surgery. And so I'm concerned about that. So it's on my mind. But at least when I'm recuperating this time, and the extent of what they have to do in the surgery compared to the first time, it will be less, though they're going to be doing an extra a bit of procedure. A chemotherapy in the bladder is dislocalized to ensure that any trace of cancer is gone. And then there's going to be, I'm sure there's going to be a couple of weeks of gradual healing again. And, and how we get the radio program done, I don't know. So I, I can see that January into February is not going to be easy. But I'm also beginning to think about the direction of this radio program. Oh, by the way, before I forget, speaking of things that need to be mentioned, I do not follow the calendar put out by Walmart or the big box stores or Amazon when it comes to the time of the year. The Christmas season did not begin for me in October with a holiday center full of lights and Santa Clauses. My reflection of this time of the year began at the first Sunday in Advent as we counted down to the birth of Jesus Christ who came to redeem the world. And Christmas didn't end at midnight, December the 25th, going into the 26th. You know, people here on the 26th of December and tomorrow and this week will be taking down all their Christmas ornaments, decorations, trees, whatever it is they got. And Christmas is over, and they're going to be moving into the new year and all that goes with it. But in real tradition, Christmas began on Christmas Day. It didn't begin in October or November. It began Christmas Day. And that's why, like last year, I'll remind you a few times this year, that yesterday, December the 25th, was the first day of Christmas, which means today, December the 26th, this is what it really is. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree. And so while Walmart and, and Best Buy, Amazon, Lowe's, Home Depot, you name it, while they are in their after-Christmas sale, trying to get you to get all the stuff they didn't sell cleaned out by the end of the year. Christmas continues here at Truth to Ponder through and including January the 5th. Those are the 12 days of Christmas. Christmas Day through and including January the 5th. And then on January the 6th, well, that's considered the epiphany. And we'll talk about that maybe next week. But we're going to just be more traditional here. I think we've lost sight of our traditions. We have lost sight of things that are important. The foundations of our country are being rocked. They're being destroyed. They're being decimated. They're being mocked. They're being ripped apart in the public schools. We used to call this time of the year Christmas. Even in 
what is considered today woke New York. Yeah, you heard some of this Happy Holidays. Remember that song? What's his name singing it? Happy Holidays. And I mean, but primarily, we called it a Christmas special on TV. Today, it's a holiday special. Today, it's a winter special. Today, it's a whatever. Anything but Christmas. The, we want to take Christ out of it. It's got to be anything but. Okay, we'll deal with a little boy in a manger. He's harmless. And the story's kind of cute. I mean, poor kid. Did, no one cared about him. He was homeless. And then the next thing they know, they had to, you know, they had to be illegal immigrants to Egypt, which is not even true. But once again, they just take the story to destroy it and repurpose it for an evil purpose. So today, I just want to look over some of the stories that we've talked about for the past two, two and a half years. I want to go back to three years ago, actually, in my mind. I was thinking last night, what was, what, what was I doing three years ago? I was not doing this radio program. I was doing a program called Your Weekend Show that came out once per week. And it was aired on International Shortwave and a couple of domestic radio station. And it was just a small podcast. And it was just something that I enjoyed doing. I never really put much stock in the program being, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Impactful and dealing with big issues. We talked about life. We talked about history. We talked about current events to a degree. But it was really a story about, it was really a a show about life. And it all changed as we got into 2020, as you all well know. So I'm thinking three years ago, three years ago today, the day after Christmas. Now, my wife and I had spent our Christmas in the mountains of Georgia and we, because of allowing, because, because of family situation and everything else, we were going to go to Florida uh, before the end of the year. And so I, I know that if I was to go back three years ago, we started preparing for our trip. And yeah, we were beginning to take, you know, what decorations we had up the tree and all that had to start coming down and packing. So for a few days before the end of the year, we got things ready and winterized the place because we were going to be in Florida for a while. And and three years ago, I was really looking forward to that time in Florida. So was my wife. There was exciting things happening on the church front. I had been elected leader of our small group, and we were going to be getting together sometime in February in Florida. Yeah, I know. Go ahead and say it. Yeah, yeah, you... You guys coming together in Florida. Well, it was actually going to be in St. Augustine, so it's not going to be way down in the tropic region, but still, it, was, it would be a nice nice get-together for a few days to take care of some business and, and plan for the future and the growth of that small church body. And, and it needed a lot of help. In many ways, it had so much going forward, but it didn't, it, it didn't understand like a lot of small church bodies, how to be evangelistic and how to focus on the unchurched. Because three years ago, we were living at a time where people were falling away from Christianity at a rapid pace. 
we were on the threshold at that point of having the majority of people in the Western world. We already, well, that was true already in, in in Europe, that was a given. In Canada, United Kingdom, Australia, yeah, the, the majority of people were non-Christian, period. Even in name. Oh, yeah, I'm a so-and-so. I'm an Anglican or I'm a Lutheran or I'm a, I'm a Catholic or I'm a this or that or the other. That was just name only. They were not true believers. They were culturalized Christians. They had no attachment to theology and didn't want it. They just figured if I'm a good person, when I die, I'm going to be okay. You've met the type. And I was already very very critical of some of the things that I was seeing in what I can call the contemporary church. They were doing fairly well. But I was concerned three years ago, pre-pandemic, how deep is that relationship? Is it real? Or is it all about me? and how I feel. And so there was only going to be about eh, 10, 12 of us getting together to have some meetings. And so my wife and I, three years ago, we were making the plans, and and we decided to dig into our own resources. I was going to do some work at that time, you know, in radio engineering. You know, I was retired, but I was still doing some work. Bought a bunch of beautiful coffee mugs, I mean, I've still got boxes of them. And yeah, some really nice, not cheap golf shirts with the, you know, the church emblem on it. We paid for that as a gift. And we were looking forward to getting together with with these fellow clergy and chart a new path. Well, you all know the rest of the story. We started hearing about something in China. What could it be? And we we didn't hear much about it in December. I think there was a story or two about maybe it's the flu in China. And nobody cared. We got through Christmas. And then into the first of the year, there'd be a story here, a story there. And then we heard about a, a cruise ship that had this new disease. And we don't know what it is, but it's it looks like a coronavirus. A coronavirus. What's a coronavirus? Most of you, including myself, I never paid that much attention. I mean, I've dealt with the flu. I mean, at that point, I'm 60 some odd years. I'm 65 years old. So, you know, I mean, I've heard of all these things. And we start hearing about something that could be a real issue across the globe. And we started hearing from a guy no one had ever heard of before. I mean, look, let's be honest. How many of you ever heard of Dr. Anthony Fauci before three years ago? I'll be honest. He was not anybody that I'd ever heard of or knew about. He was just some federal employee doing whatever it is that they do with billions of our tax dollars. And it's just life is normal. And then all of a sudden, his face is beginning to appear here, there, and everywhere. And then somebody reminded all of us of something he said in January of 2017, weeks before Donald Trump became the president of the United States and he was sworn into office on Inauguration Day. And this is what Dr. Anthony Fauci said 
just before Trump took office. The issue of pandemic uh, preparedness. And if there's one message that I want to leave with you today based on my experience, and you'll see that in a moment, is that there is no question that there will be a challenge to the coming administration in the arena of infectious diseases, both chronic infectious diseases in the sense of already ongoing disease, and we have certainly a large burden of that, but also there will be a surprise outbreak. And I hope by the end of my relatively short presentation, you will understand why history, the history of the last 32 years that I've been the director of NIAID, will tell the next administration that there's no doubt in anyone's mind that they will be faced with the challenges that their predecessors were faced with. Now, I am sure that most of us didn't hear that, or if we did, we didn't remember it. We never paid that man attention until he was put there in, in the White House in 2020 to, to save our lives from this global pandemic. Trust us, we know everything. Do as we say. Don't listen to those other doctors. We know more than they do. And so it, it all begins, let's go back to 2017 in terms of preparing the American people and the world for the next pandemic. And most of us, myself included, we are not students of pandemics. I'm not a virologist. I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm barely a radio announcer at some points and a church pastor from time to time. And a radio announcer occasionally, too. We were all living our lives three years ago. Like I say, three years ago, we're getting ready to start packing up Christmas and packing up the car to get ready to make a day's journey, day and a half journey, down to Florida, spend a little bit of time with family, spend some time doing some technical work, and then get ready to spend some time with my church family in planning some churches. That was three years ago. And we, we forget that it was like seven, it was like five years ago, over five years ago. It's going to be six years ago come this January when Fauci made those, those remarks. Six years ago. That's kind of scary that the next administration was going to be dealing with a pandemic. No doubt about it. I know. And then as we got into the pandemic, and I'm, I want to do this very quickly. You, most of you that listen on a regular basis, we, we all live through it. But we forget a few things, too. By the way, there was somebody else that was making some comments about lack of preparedness for a global pandemic. And I think all of you will recognize his voice. The guy's a multi-billionaire globalist who became a billionaire globalist by being a thief. Yeah, I'll say it. Sue me if you want to. The truth is out there. The guy was some kind of a geeky computer guy way back when. And he came up with a nice disk operating system that he did not write. He literally stole it. And then he plagiarized the early developments of the Apple computer to give you a graphic user interface that he called Windows. 
And so by using other people's intellectual property and being sneaky, he became a mega billionaire in short order. Yeah, I can remember using MS-DOS in the early days of computers. And then when Windows came out, it was, it was a proprietary operating system that anybody could license on their computers, and the rest is history. Who had the biggest footprint in the personal computer industry? Well, Bill Gates did. But Bill Gates, after he became a billionaire in the club, comes down with the same demonic disease that so many others do when they get to that point with all that money and power. It goes to their head and they begin to believe that they are gods and that they, that you are really there to serve them. And they talk about your best interest at heart, but it's really their control over you. And this is what, this is what Bill Gates had to say oh, about around the same time. I think... Uh, an epidemic, either naturally caused or intentionally caused, is the most likely thing to cause, say, 10 million excess deaths. Uh, and that it's pretty surprising how little preparedness there is for it. Now, it's tricky because this is a global problem. So, you know, how do countries work together? Which countries should put up what resources? Uh, and, you know, every aspect of it, the uh, the resources to go engage in the, the affected countries, the allocation decisions. As we've seen various flu scares come along, uh, we haven't had a, a super good response. So the paradigmatic examples are uh, smallpox for an intentionally caused thing, that there was a simulation called Dark Winter that didn't come out very well, uh, i.e. smallpox scored one and humanity scored zero. Uh, <coughs> flu epidemics where you know, we always talk about the potential recurrence of a 1917-like uh, Spanish flu problem. And then Ebola, which although it was much smaller, uh, there was some luck involved in that. Because it wasn't spread uh, through uh, respiratory contact, uh, the reproductive rate was a lot lower and you know, it was basically people who were sick or dead uh, who are doing most of the transmission. And so through a lot of heroic effort and a little bit of luck, it stayed under control and was largely contained to the three countries. You know, Zika is still recent enough that the understanding of, okay, should we have seen it sooner? Even understanding what the steady state case looks like in terms of immunogenicity, why it showed up in, in South America and didn't show up in Africa. Uh, I know people are hard at work trying to answer these questions. So the lessons from that one, I'm not trying to minimize that one at all, but I think they're less clear uh, than, than from Ebola. You know, I think it's too bad in a way that we have had to have these uh, <coughs> epidemics to get us to move, but the timing in terms of the science, uh, the recognition that epidemics don't respect borders, and so... Uh, whether you're looking at it this through a humanitarian lens or a purely domestic lens, uh, these are investments that, that should be made. Now, let me just go ahead and say this. And I don't want to really beat on this too heavily, but I want us to always remember as a foundational point, a reference. 
these elitists around the world, including those at the World Health Organization, the World Economic Forum, are always warning you that we need better global cooperation, more global resources, more global money, so we can fight these terrible things that may beset us. And we need we need some kind of a international government agency to oversee all of it that that really takes uh, higher precedence than your sovereignty. And I think we lose sight of that. Many many individuals don't see that. The WHO is demanding to have authority over your nation, whether it's Canada, the United Kingdom, Germany, United States, Australia. They want to be the be-all, end-all, final say on vaccinations and everything that goes with it. And they want billions, if not trillions, over time of your dollars to do it. It is the gateway to a one-world government. Let me say that again in case you missed it. It is the gateway. It is the excuse. It is the way to deceive you into believing we need that benevolent organization that only cares about our well-being. And so between the WHO, the United Nations, and the World Economic Forum, we see the elites of the world pulling the strings. They're always in good stead with the World Economic Forum, the United Nations, and the WHO. And they're always going to find something to have you in fear of, to have control over you with. In 2019, just a little over three years ago. So three years ago, as I mentioned, my wife and I are getting ready to head to Florida for a wonderful church conference, a little time with family and friends and and, you know, wait till the spring, late spring and head back to our place in Georgia and and our semi-retired and ministry life would go on. That was the plan three years ago. And three years ago, I never heard of Event 201 had you. I knew nothing about it. It only had been just two months before that there was a, a tabletop exercise in New York City. And who was involved with this tabletop exercise? Well, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, for one, the World Economic Forum, the WHO, and John Hopkins University. And what were they discussing? They were discussing what Bill Gates had been warning about for a couple of years. There's going to be a there's going to be an outbreak. There's going to be a pandemic. There's going to be something maybe man-made, maybe natural, but it's going to be deadly. And we need to be globally prepared. And there it was. Allegedly, according to Event 201, this is all a make-believe tabletop exercise. And during my emergency management days, I did plenty of my share of, of dealing with those scenarios. And so these world leaders from all over the globe, the World Economic Forum, WHO, 
John Hopkins and everybody else. What do we do if there's ever a coronavirus pandemic where a coronavirus somehow jumps from some animal species to humans and it goes unnoticed for a day or two or three and the next thing you know, people are dropping like flies, dying left and right and the globe is under attack. What are we going to do? How are we going to stop this? This is two months before you and I ever heard about the first person in China being sick. I'm going to come out and say it. You can agree or disagree, and I don't care. This pandemic had been in the works for a long time. Not just in October of 2019. I think they had been preparing for such an an event, knowing they were creating this stuff, going all the way back into the Obama administration here in the United States. And for a period of time, and once again, the record is clear. If you hindsight is twenty twenty, there was a time that gain of function research was forbidden here in the United States during the Obama administration. So where did they send it off to? <laughs> they got it out of the United States. It went to places like, can you believe this? Where did it go? It went to Canada briefly, Toronto. Ended up in the Middle East. Ended up in China. Yeah, all this bio-research and gain-of-function left the United States because there, there was a temporary moratorium on it. And so people at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, Dr. Ralph Barrick, and, and you know, good buddy of Fauci, and, and then the world, he had... Eco Health Alliance, Peter Daszak, and others. They just moved the virus to work on it some more in places like, I don't know, Wuhan, China. And believe it or not, places like Ukraine. And here's where the story gets a little bit more dicey, a little bit more strange. And remember, this is going back during the time. Well, some of this goes back to the end of the Obama years. Now, remember, I want to just give you just a little bit of background, not a whole lot. Remember, during the during the Obama years, they decided to move all this gain-of-function stuff outside of the United States. And so it ended up in you know, weird places like Wuhan, China, and 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 bio labs in Ukraine and other places. Of course, we never do anything about it. Why would we? This would not be anything on our radar screen. And there is a deep state. There is a deep Department of Defense that will defend themselves and try to keep their power base alive. You know it and I know it. Let's just be honest about it. I'm tired of, of pretending that there is not a deep state Hey, we're learning now that it's they're beginning to even admit it. Yeah, the CIA probably killed John F. Kennedy, but you're not allowed to know about it. But you can trust us today. Sure we can. About the time Trump was coming into office, the Obama administration quietly allowed gain-of-function research to come back stateside. No longer their problem. 
And there's also the BioLab connection in Ukraine is kind of suspect to me. And let me give you my reasoning on that. First, how much do you really know about Ukraine? Most Americans, including myself, we're woefully ignorant about a lot of the things. We know what we are told. And if you're listening to the mainstream media, you can pretty well take it to the bank. A lot of it that you're being told is a pack of lies. You know what really scares me is when I, whenever I see Republicans and Democrats patting themselves on the back and agreeing on something, you know you're in trouble. You know it's a lie. Because I don't give, uh, you know what, you, you name it. There are some filthy, dirty, stinking, lying Republicans out there that are phony conservatives that lie to you and stab you in the back. Lindsey Graham, you're one of them. Mitt Romney, you're one of them. Mitch McConnell, you're, you're that head of them. I can go down the list. 18 of them voted to spend $1.8 trillion of money we don't have. They don't care about you. They are so deep into the swamp, they have condemned their souls to hell. Being the filthy, lying dirtbags that they are. And so... Oh, the corruption is in both parties. Let's get let's let's be honest about this. I know I'm running over, and we got a break that's almost overdue. I'll, I'll get to the break in a moment. There's a trove of emails that came out in October of 2020 before the election of Hunter Biden's laptop, and and many of you never probably cared about Hunter Biden, the crackhead, the whoremonger the son of the, the vice president of the United States and now son of the president. And during his time as the vice president's son, he's making bukus of money out of Ukraine. Now, Ukraine, I really believe in 2014, its democratically elected government was in 2014 during the Obama years with the CIA's help. I really believe that we, we exercised a coup there and put our own guy in power who didn't play ball. So another coup was put together, and that's how Zelensky got in. The NATO has wanted to get in there and be on the Russian border for ages. So there's so much about what you're being told by the mainstream media, including Fox News and Newsmax, that I believe is pure fabrication and a filthy lie. I'm not saying Russia is a wonderful place. I'm just saying that the story is highly distorted. And there's a lot of it you're not hearing. So you get people like Hunter Biden. And he's deeply involved with with biolabs in Ukraine. His Seneca Investment Fund is funding this stuff, which is being put together by the United States Department of Defense does something not seem right about this and then any time that his son was being investigated dear old dad would come to his rescue and make sure the prosecutor in Ukraine in Ukraine was fired Rosemont Seneca Technology Partners invested a half a million dollars in a little company that was doing research called Metabiota, and then they raised millions of dollars more, and all this money went into biolabs in Ukraine. 
Are you beginning to connect the dots? I've got more on the other side. I didn't plan to get into this story today like this. And I am going to try to change direction before the program's over. We're going to deal with some of these stories we've talked about for over going on two and a half years. Then I'm going to begin to lay out the direction of what I feel this radio program needs to be. Do you believe in the work and ministry we're doing here? I really need to hear from you. Now, I'm getting through today's program surprisingly well, and, and I will get better. Your prayers, I feel them every day. And I may have to take a day or two off somewhere along the way. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we'll get it figured out. But I think that 2023 is going to be a watershed year. And I stand by something that I said this, this past summer before the elections. And I, I said it then, I said it in 2020, I said it this past year for the midterm. I said, do not put your trust in princes or the sons of men. And so that's part of where this radio program has to go. You know, it, it's so easy to do a story. Today, I got these stories in front of me. I'll never get to all of them. But you need to hear this. I mean, this has been a well-planned coup, a well-planned lie. And a lot of people are still falling for it, running around in their face diapers in fear, which shows compliance. And a lot of people now, you know, we, we know we can lock you down for, for a coronavirus. How about for climate change? You know, what the new fear, I mean, look, World Economic Forum, United Nations, the WHO, the CDC. It's all about gun control, climate control, climate issues, viruses, vaccines, and obedience. These demonic forces work hand in hand to take over the sovereignty of this world because they reject Jesus Christ as King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and they want to insert their Antichrist into that throne. It's coming together. We'll talk about that on the other side. You see where all this is heading? And the greediness of man will be blinded and they will see and use their greed and they'll be doing the work of the enemy of your soul. That's why it's not going to be fixed at the ballot box, never will be. All we're going to do is what I said back in the summer. God is going to pull back a veil. And I think that a lot of people are going to see the truth that have been on the fence. Those that have given their hearts, their minds, and their souls to the lie, they are damned for all eternity. They're done. And those that knew the truth all along will just have that reinforced. But will the direction of the world change? Nope, it will not. But many that did not see the truth will know. I believe we have this window of opportunity. Now, I'm way over, and I apologize. I've got to get to this break. But I need your help financially as we go into 2023. Would you consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? Ancient Word Radio. Mailing address is Post Office Box 510. Post Office Box 510. The city is Chilhowee. And boy, there's been some chill in Chilhowee of, of late. It'll get better this week. Chilhowee, Virginia, and the zip code in Chilhowee is 24319. Once again, make the check payable to Ancient Word Radio. You can mail it to Truth to Ponder, Ancient Word Radio, to Bob Bierman, to what? It doesn't matter. And it's P.O. Box 510. Chilhowee, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowee, Virginia, 24319. 
I believe 2023, there's going to be some light shined where the dark does, does not want to see the light exposing it. Now, many will be unconvinced. They'll make excuses like the story I'm just sharing a moment ago. Well, you know, Hunter Biden really didn't do that. I don't know. They, they try to they try to they try to lie to you. Look, the New York Com- the New York Post did a great job in a story, and the Washington Compost tries to deny the truth. Of course, they believe that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation, as well as Twitter and Facebook and every other CIA controlled entity. If you don't think the CIA and the FBI are 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 the, they're the string pullers on social media, face it and a lot of other media. We're over, we're way over. I'll be back. We'll, we'll pick this up in just a second. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The power of newness coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. Well, we come to the beginning of a new year, and so people speak of new things, ringing in the new, a new beginning, a new year. But what's new about a new year? It's just another day. It's just a date change. January 1st is arbitrary. So what makes it new? Well, nothing. The only thing that makes a new year new, or for that matter, any month new, or any week new, or any day new, or any moment new, is the power of God. God is the one, it says in Revelation, I am the one who makes all things new. God only has the power of newness. He's the one who begins everything. Only he can give new beginnings, the power of newness. It's not the morning that makes things new. It's his mercies that are new every morning. That makes everything new. You want this year to be a truly new year? Then don't expect it to be simply because it's called a new year. It won't be new on its own. You want a new year? Then resolve to walk in the power of the Lord's newness. Resolve to be led by the Spirit this year. Because those who are led by the Spirit are given the power to walk in the newness of life. So the year is just beginning. It's just another year. But if you live this year in the power of God, truly, taking new steps of faith and love and new steps of righteousness, new steps of repentance and victory in the power of his newness in the spirit, then it won't just be another year. It'll be a truly new year. So commit yourself to walk in the spirit this year and in the power of his newness, and you will have a truly new year and a year of newness. Happy New Year, my friend. Now, here's something new. I'd like to receive some special daily meditations and teachings with the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus, like these, and to give you victory for every day of your week and updates on Israel and prophecy, a free subscription of Sapphires, an incredible Mystery of the Temple Doors, all free. You'll love it. How do you get it? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to join me in the Great Commission to bring salvation back to his ancient people, Israel, and to reach millions of unreached peoples around the world on five continents. It's incredible. Imagine you could blanket the earth with salvation. It's incredible. On shortwave radio, you can. It's the farthest way you can ever spread the gospel. We do it every week, and you can be part. How? Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Now, you can write me direct. Just write to the nice Jewish boy, box 1111. That's in Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy, 1111, Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. Until next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, walk in the newness of the Spirit, and you shall have a new year in Messiah, Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace. This is Truth to Ponder. 
with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our Monday edition of Truth to Ponder. The day after Christmas, also known as the second day of Christmas. Christmas Day being the first day. I know Walmart said it's all over. Take down them decorations and get ready for the next, you know, what white sale they used to call it back years ago. What I, I You remember those days? The, you had the President's Day sale. You had the end of the year sale. The This sale, spring, Easter, or now it's the spring holiday. You can't say Easter just like you can't say Christmas. But here we are. So we are remembering the 12 days of Christmas here at Truth to Ponder. Now, during the first segment, we got into, I went down a few rabbit holes I didn't plan on going, but I guess it made sense at the time. And so I just want to kind of conclude a few thoughts and then we begin to move on and and kind of talk about what tomorrow's program will bring. Hindsight is 2020, and when you begin to go into the numbers that were really out there, compared to the fear and all the weird video and the nonsense we saw back in 2020, as I said, if you go back three years ago, you and I were not talking about a pandemic or a coronavirus or face diapers, or we need a vaccine. None of this was on our lips. And even then, in 2020, because it was a presidential election year, nah, Operation Warp Speed ain't going to work because, you know, it's going to take 10 years to get a to get a vaccine together. Yeah, it's a bunch of malarkey. Well, the little liar, Fauci, needs to be in prison for what he has done and held responsible for those that died needlessly. And that's my opinion. There is some material out there that is very eye-opening and the numbers if you go back and you begin to really tear them apart it begins to make sense more people died in april of 2020 and january of 21 you know january 21 than would have died normally and in some countries during the the year of 2020 the when the pandemic was raging across the world the death rate was was normal There was no impact of a pandemic. Lab-performed PCR tests were for a strand of RNA that had not really been fully isolated. And these tests were more likely to be positive at the time than there were deaths or truth to know about it. The things that prime these PCR tests, we now know this is all retrospect. You know, hindsight is 20-20. There were way too many false positives. Protocols. Now, here's one of the things that we don't like to talk about. Protocols for managing post-viral pneumonia. Post-viral pneumonia has been something that we've known about for a long, long time, hundred and some odd years. Treated by antivirals and antibiotics. Many people that are elderly may come down with the flu and time and, and liquid and everything else will take care of it. But if it, if it turns into a bacterial pneumonia, if that bacterial pneumonia is not treated, now th- listen to me carefully on this, they're going to die. And so 
we learned that somewhere toward the end of 2019 and getting into 2020, with the protocols for now this new novel disease, which is not as novel as they want you to believe. Why did doctors in the United States, the United Kingdom, in Canada, all across Europe, in Australia, why did they believe, well, I know why, threat of losing your license or your income. Why do we stop treating 80-year-olds for post-viral pneumonia? when that had been the standard of care for decades prior. In other words, we stopped treating for bacterial pneumonia beginning in 2020. And so, yeah, we had an increase of deaths during the flu season in older people. Unnecessarily. They were murdered, as far as I'm concerned, by hell-bound reprobates that wanted this pandemic to be something they could grasp onto to control you. Call that a conspiracy theory, if you will. What became the new standard of care? Did they treat people like they had prior to 2020? Of course not. And so you have these upticks in people dying in the flu season in places like New York City and all over the globe. And the majority of those that died in China died around Wuhan, not not the rest of the country. They had a near zero COVID fatality rate. So there's a lot of things when you look back in time. Remember how bad this was supposed to be? Remember seeing the Mercy ships and all those sent to New York City because they're going to be overwhelmed with millions of people with COVID and nowhere to go. And the ships sat there empty. They turned the Javits Center into New York into a, an emergency frontline hospital, went unused. Something didn't add up. They're setting all this stuff up. Then they try to tell you that all these funeral homes are just backed up with dead bodies. Well, that's true. They were not allowed to bury them or have funerals. I remember talking to a mortician friend of mine in early 2022, this, this year. And I asked him the question, so how did this impact your business? He said it didn't do anything, really. He said then the numbers stayed roughly the same. We did get backed up on being allowed to conduct a funeral service for, for months, and we were. it took us a long time to catch up. But no, we didn't have that many more people die. But he did notice that there's a strange, noticeable increase in people dying now that are of working age that are dying suddenly. And you know the rest of that story. I'm not going to get into it. What I'm saying is we changed the way we treated the flu. The flu disappeared. People, I know people, I know one person in their mid to late 80s that died in 2020. And the widow believes he died of the coronavirus and it's Trump's fault, blah, 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 blah. Well, she's an idiot to begin with. You have to know the woman. She, she, she figured Biden would get rid of coronavirus in two months. Two months, it'll all be over. And she, and she still believes that he'll, he'll fix it and she wears her face diaper faithfully. I'm In her car, too. But, I mean, this is... We, we were people that are susceptible to fear fell for it. And so all those big ships to take care of things. Now, once again, three years ago, 
we didn't hear about Corona, but by the end of January, my wife and I were back in Florida and I'm getting ready for this thing coming up in February. And I'm talking to a former associate of mine in, in, in a state and county level emergency management saying, have you been following the news? And I said, what news? And he explained. He said, if it really becomes something, I may need your help. Okay, whatever. Get back to me. Then in February, he called me again saying, it looks like this thing may ramp up. We're not sure. Would you have time to leave the state and help if I'm in trouble? I said, yeah. We'll see. Then we were getting ready for our, our clergy conference, and everybody's ready to come to St. Augustine, and the weather turned ugly, <laughs> really ugly. And our invited primary guest and two of the most important people we needed to also bring in all got their flights canceled and didn't know when they could get new flights. I got stuck with a hotel bill for all these people that I paid for personally. I, I lost my money. I should have insured it. My fault. But, you know, we, it was so expensive as it was. We're trying to count our nickels and dimes and pennies to put this thing together. And so we decided we'll redo it later, maybe end of March, maybe sometime in April after Easter. And so it got canceled. And about a week later, I get a phone call. Bob, it is going to be big. I'm going to need you. Let's get your paperwork in order. You need to come up here to this other state. And I need you to help me to get through this. And I came on board as we're beginning to see the first stories about the Wuhan flu, as I call it now, or the coronavirus. You call it whatever you want. And I was a believer from the standpoint of being somebody in emergency management. I didn't know. And so I'm just going to go that this could be the real deal. And how long it'll last, we don't know. But there are going to be, there's a lot needed to be done. So I agreed to go to work, went there. And the more I did the research as I got into March and April and into early May, I knew that all this was fraudulent, a lot of lies, a lot of phoniness. I'm seeing it firsthand from CDC data. And then I'm watching the TV and I'm watching Fauci and I'm watching Dr. Burks and I'm realizing the data says one thing and these filthy liars are saying something else. There's an agenda going on here. What is it? And I'm finding research papers from the early 2000s that are telling me this is not our first rodeo. And so the coronavirus was used just like it was planned to be used in Event 201. The World Economic Forum immediately said we can use this for a great reset. The WHO said, see, well, you need a world organization like us to handle this on a global scale. You need the United Nations to break down the borders and the sovereignty of nations. We need a global authority to take care of all of this. We need a global authority for your health. We need a global authority for your wealth and your well-being. We need a global authority to save the planet from climate change. Man-made climate change. We need you to become subjects to the Antichrist, is what they're telling you. They may not want to use those terms, but that's what it is. And so they failed to treat people that could have been treated for the flu three years ago, and they died. People were put into fear. 
funny. There's some of those people that push for the vaccine. Every kid has got to take it. Now that they've been injured, all of a sudden, no, we better not take it. Funny how that's going to change. And I, I, I see it changing all the, quite a bit. Many of these deaths for COVID never needed to happen. And I consider it planned mass murder. There's no other way to put it. All of these RNA sequences that were developed by people like Dr. Ralph Barrick, Daszak, and Dr. She the Bat Lady, and, and Fauci, and all their buddies in labs around the world, in China and in Ukraine and other places. All of these man-made viruses. Remember when we said that on this program, we were told we were conspiracy theorists? The difference between a conspiracy theory and a fact is about a year to a year and a half. Yet we keep forgetting it. So people died of bacterial pneumonia, not, not a strange virus. It could have been treated. When you take a step back and you look at the entire world shutting down, masking up, tossing away human rights, destroying businesses and families and the suicides, it was all a fraud, every bit of it. And the mass propaganda is still around to keep fear alive. Instead of pushing back, people are, are hunkering down. And so tomorrow I'm going to change gears where I was going to try to do it on today's program. I, I'm thanking God that I got through this program with my iron levels and all that being depleted and very low. It's going to take it's going to take weeks to get that back. I hope I'm strong enough for the surgery. I, I, I don't really want that delayed another week or two if it can be avoided, but it'll all come together. I want to get back to this story tomorrow and also the implications globally. And then what I believe the direction of this program needs to be. It, you know, Doing what I did today, this is like shooting fish in a barrel. I mean, I, if you are willing to look and stop just believing everything that Fox News tells you or Newsmax tells you, you're going to be better off. I don't trust them as much either anymore, too. There's too much money involved. And when there's a lot of money involved with these organizations and you're paying people like 20, 25 million dollars to be a talking head for conservative causes, like some of them are, and they're repetitive. Hey, look, Sean Hannity admit that he didn't believe any a lot half, half the stuff he says when he's under deposition. Truth is something that has become a rare commodity. If you believe in this ministry, would you consider supporting it? We need your help as we come to the end of this year. You can support us from our website, truth2ponder.com, or make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio, mailing address, Post Office Box 510, P.O. Box 510. The city is Chilhowee, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowee, Virginia. The zip code is 24319, Post Office Box 510, Chilhowee, Virginia, and the zip code in Chilhowee, Virginia is 24319. Nine. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.